Welcome to Video Store. My name is Sam Mulberry. Today we are talking about the 2011 film A Separation. So let's step into Barrett Fisher's Video Store. Barrett, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, Barrett, this is a movie that I think I had heard of. I definitely had heard of uh, Farhadi uh, because of his um, success at the Oscars. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But I'm curious, what is your history with this film? And what is your history with Farhadi as a filmmaker? Yeah, this was, um, I did not see the film when it came out. I saw it on video a few years later, or uh, maybe maybe closer to that time, because I read about the Oscar buzz uh, and had read several really good reviews. And then I went back and I watched the film he made right before this called About Ellie, uh, which is another, probably should have paired it with La Ventura. It's another disappear, woman disappearing film. So those are the two films of his I've seen. I've not seen anything he's made since a separation. Um, and he's pretty interesting because he is among a very select group of filmmakers to have won multiple best uh, foreign language or best international feature Oscars. So um, of the other five, we've watched films from four of them. So uh, De Sica has four, Fellini has four, Bergman has three, Kurosawa has two. And then Rene Clement has two. So Farhadi is in is in very rare air um, looking at that list of filmmakers. Yeah, he, he's also in rare air as a uh, Iranian filmmaker who seems to be able to make films without being thrown into jail, uh, unlike some of his compatriots. So it's, it's remarkable that he I, I don't really quite know how or why he's able to um, kind of slip through the system, I think. And this is something we'll talk about with this film, I think it's perhaps the way that although his films have political and religious implications, because he centers them around domestic drama, I think that makes them maybe more palatable for to the censorship of the country because um, he's really focusing on personal interactions without really taking on the system at any kind of um, uh, any kind of major thematic way but yet at the same time it underlies everything that's happening yeah i mean i will say i i you know read some of the kind of critiques of this movie um and this is maybe true of a lot of things that 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 potentially face censorship is like this movie actually just makes me feel more sensitive to uh the situations of of everybody in this movie i mean i don't look at this uh, i they live in a complex society, but who doesn't live in a complex society? And, you know, like, like I, I actually, um, I didn't think that this is a, this didn't feel like a, like a necessarily a dramatic critique of, uh, Iranian culture, society, government, but human systems and human flaws. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you could say, I mean, not that I know anything about Iranian society, but based on what I'm seeing, I think you could say, well, it, it's a it's an accurate mirror of Iranian society. And if you think about how the film engages uh, Islam, for example, well, it's true. Anybody living in Iran would say, yes, we have those who are devout. We have those who are not so devout. We have those who would like to leave because they don't like the situation that women are in. And, and the film touches on all of those, but but not in a way that well, there's different opinions about this, but I think not in a way that would cause a Westerner to feel as though, oh, yes, everything I thought that was awful about Iranian society is actually awful. I think instead, my response to Westerner is very much more along your line, Sam, which is, oh, rather than thinking about this as this kind of monolithic place, 
I realize, oh, it's a place that's uh, that, that in which people very much like me live and in which people have, in fact, a range of opinions, despite what we may think as outsiders looking in. So I yeah, think he does a good job of that. Yeah, and I actually think he deals with religious devotion in a pretty sensitive way. Like, yeah. like I don't think... Um, I don't think someone like uh, like Reza, who is is the most devout person in this, like this movie feels for her a great deal and feels for her situation a great deal and feels and and I feel like takes her devotion seriously and the complexities that come with that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, but at the same time, it is one of those I was thinking about all the ways in which this film has separations uh various kind of fissures right that divide people and religion is one of those right the separation between somebody who is really devout and somebody who is certainly devout enough to swear on the quran i mean everybody kind of agrees with that uh but at the same time there is a there's a separation in terms of what they think uh their religious duty actually enables them to do or or not to do i'm glad you brought that up because because i, I, I want to get into that title because i as i was watching this uh especially uh a second time I, I i kept coming back to that so i'm sort of curious when you first saw this if you can remember this do you know what you brought to the movie did you know much of what this was going to be no <laughs> i i really didn't fully know what to expect i mean i i i knew at the surface level yes that it was about this couple uh, who were separating because they couldn't come to an agreement about leaving Iran. But I, I had no idea of the ways in which that, in which their individual situation was going to have all kinds of ripples. I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah, I, um, I was interested in how this movie effectively, and I don't know that he's trying to do this, but it effectively does this. Like, it plays off of or plays with my expectations and my biases as a midwestern american westerner like i went into this thinking you know even looking at the the poster and thinking okay well this is a separation we're doing this in the context of some of these films we're watching um i assumed oh this is going to be uh simmons story like mm -hmm. like and maybe because she's a strikingly beautiful actress on the cover of this or on the poster <laughs> for this movie it's like this is her story fighting against a system that's like th that 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 is uh, not giving her a voice. Like, like again, I, I, in this episode, I will say this multiple times. These are biases that I have, not accurate depictions of things. But like, <laughs> but that was my sense going in, and then it subverts it. It subverts those things constantly and says, "Well, mm -hmm. yes, it's that, but it's also this, and it's also this, and it's also this." And I thought that was um, a a pretty great experience watching this movie, having him keep saying. You know, it's going to be this. Now, what I love about it is, again, I thought this was going to be about a separation and a marriage, the dissolution of a family. And it is like it is at its core, that movie. But it's like Farhadi wants to keep trying to get you to forget that because mm -hmm. yeah. he, he is inserting or Trojan horsing all this other stuff into it. So then you're like, OK, well, it's about all these, like you said, all these other kinds of separations. So I made a list of the things that I, uh, the, the separators that I thought were there. Um, you know, obviously you talked about some of these. Religion is a big one. Money's a big one. I mean, this is definitely a story where mm -hmm. class is a big separator. Mm -hmm. uh, Hojat brings that up all the time. It's just like, you know, um, uh, education is a big separator. Gender is a big separator. Geography is a huge separator oh, yeah. here. 
and age is a big separator. I mean, this is a story also about three generations or one generation dealing with the generation that came before them and the generation that's coming after them. And that those things, all of those things can tie people together. They can also separate people. And this movie was interested in all the intersection of all of those different separations. And then at the same time, you get to the end of the movie and he's like, but you're right. This is about a family. It's like, <laughs> like he brings it back to that and has one of the great gut punch endings of a movie. Um, so so it is it is both everything you thought it was, but not that, but that at the same time. Like I, I thought that his handling of how he tells the story is remarkable to me. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing the, the way that, um, you know, in, in the middle part of the film, the way that Simon almost like drops out of the movie. It's almost like you you almost forget that this is actually about her and uh, and, and Nader's and, and Nader's conflict. But I, but I think I think what you just kind of pointed to, Sam, is, is what I, I find especially remarkable about the film. And that is that there's no couple of couple of ideas. One is there's no reasonable distinction between private and public you 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 can't think about what happens in private relationships as though that doesn't actually have kind of ripple effects uh to other people and 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 also the the idea that well, maybe this is part of that playing out the same idea that we are we are interconnected in ways that um we don't fully recognize until things happen to expose the necessity of those of those connections so it's like there's no there's no way that you can simply draw lines uh, uh, between private and public, which I think is actually, um, it's an interesting commentary, if you will, on the nature of society and, and the way in which the family is, I mean, it really reinforces this idea that the family is fundamentally a unit of society, but in a way that we don't normally think about it. Um, I mean, he, he takes that idea that when the family begins to fall apart, society begins to fall apart. And he plays that out in a way that I don't think we've typically seen it played out before. And, and one of the areas in which that's significant is, and this is really not foregrounded, but it's so strongly implied. And that is, what kind of healthcare system do you have? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's interesting to me that there's never a conversation about maybe grandpa should go into some kind of assisted living. And I don't know if that's a cultural difference. I don't know if that's a, a, um, uh, an economic difference. But it's interesting to me that even something as private as, you know, a family member suffering from Alzheimer's puts all kinds of pressure on the larger society. Well, another thing that I think is interesting about uh, the the public private thing you talk about is another thing that this movie uh, wants you to think about is in a weird way is causality. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean there there are all these so so it starts with the titular separation, the the one that that you're kind of aware of when you start, and there are multiple times where especially Terme says you know like if you guys hadn't split up, none of this would have happened, and it's like. Well, I mean, I guess in a sense, the story is a different story, but like these problems aren't caused by their separation, but this specific one is. So like, like, I, you know, I, I think, um, I think that question is fascinating because it keeps circling back. Like how much of this is different if 
they make a different choice at the beginning or if, if something else happened, which is again, true of any story, but this story seems interested in having you come back to that and think about it. And that again, is that a little bit of that public private thing, right? This is a, a private family decision that, that some characters in this movie are arguing ends up uh, setting a, a chain of events into motion that affect all of these things that you don't expect. Another way to think about that, Sam, is that the film is also a lot about culpability. The film is also a lot about, you know, it's not it's like who's to blame, you know, because you did this, that happened. And of course, that's central to the film. Right. Which is, did he cause the miscarriage by by pushing her? And so there's all kinds of ways in which people are held to be responsible for consequences, um, which may or may not be be the case and so i think it's really interesting the way it kind of explores that and i think the way in which so many of those issues are seen through the eyes of of an adolescent of a pre, of an adolescent um i think it was i think it was a, one of the critics i read about this actually i think made the point that you could actually see this film as much about terma uh her coming of age it's, it's kind of and of course, we'll talk about that with the ending. But the film is really, to a large extent, the film actually we we are seeing these events, we're thinking about these things to a great extent, kind of from her perspective, um, through her eyes. And of course, you know, when you're 11 years old, it's it's really hard to deal with the idea that there are gray areas, right? I mean, it's like there are there's right and wrong, and you're just at that age, you're trying to get a, a grip on kind of moral certainties. And it seems very difficult for her to be put in a situation where she has to make these kinds of really difficult adult judgments. Yeah, oh, I, I totally agree. My second viewing, in part because I could see this this whole movie through the lens of how it ends, was like this. Oh, this is Terma's movie. It's just it's just what you do as a child often is watch the world around you without a lot of control over it. But that doesn't make it. That doesn't mean it's not your story, right? But it's like like your story is sometimes you're viewing these Titanic figures in your life. You know, going through these things. The other interesting thing you talk when you talk about culpability. Um, what I love about this movie is that is a concept that is both a legal concept and a mm. religious concept, right? And it's and, and that's so so sort of to make a movie that's so centered around that um, guilt, blame, things like that. And it's like th- that 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 language exists in both of those worlds, and we're seeing those things keep crossing over and meshing. Um, really, I, I, like I, I think that's really great. Now, one of the things I love about this is. Um, this movie is set in such a hyper-specific nation, culture, religious context, but Farhadi does not um, go out of his way in obvious ways to say, let me explain this context to you. He, he, he assumes one of two things. Either you know it, which I don't, or I'm going to give you just enough. If you pay attention to characters' reactions and some of the things they say, you start to realize, oh, this this is something that that I didn't quite understand, but clearly everyone else understands this. So you're kind of watching it like a child a little bit. There's you like, I think about example like when, um, when uh, Nader is trying to get uh, Reza out of his house, and he touches her, not yeah. just her reaction, but his reaction to, oh, what did I just do? <laughs> Made me realize like, okay, th- like we're in a world where that he has just transgressed 
something major, if not legally, definitely religiously. Um, or or little things like um, uh, when, when Terma is learning Persian. Uh-huh. And I know a little bit about, about you know, the history of Iran to be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. That tells me something about these people mm-hmm. that, that, that they're learning Persian. Or much later in the movie, and this isn't even commented on, but um, it, is... Um, is Semen is she a Semen is she a, a teacher a like a professor is that because they're well, in a no, classroom that, that, at the that, end. That, that's a very interesting question, Sam. I'm glad you brought that up because um, A. O. Scott, he's the only one who mentions her profession. He thinks she's a doctor. I, I, I think not, he's wrong, <laughs> but I think he's uh, yeah. I thought she was a teacher of some kind, but that raises for me another question, which is, well, if she actually works outside the home, then how is she taking care of the grandfather? That, that 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 part was a little baffling to me. Um, unless unless she's teaching in the evening, because when she, when yeah. that classroom she's in, it seems to be evening that people are leaving. Now, did you notice? Oh. Did you notice when she is erasing the whiteboards that everything's written in English on those boards? Okay, so I yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't know yeah. why Scott said she was a doctor. I think you're right. She I think she must be teaching English or and or and doing it in the evenings. That would make a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah. yeah yeah so 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 even little little things like that are like okay well that tells me that's an indicator of something about something about this person and where they're at but he doesn't go out of his way like there's not uh sirens going off saying hey notice this about this person but as you watch it there are all these little indicators to to bring you into that world so the, one, one of the one of the critics i read i think made a described this quite well she says while the setting and the political dynamics might seem alien while the cultural male female aesthetics aren't always easy to grasp the central storylines are gut-wrenchingly familiar it's easy to imagine just about anyone in many of these same situations to believe that any of us could feel ourselves pushed into a similar corner where we might state the same lives the people are us and we are them Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, that, that there's that cliche, right, about the universality of art. And we talked a little bit about this with Scenes from Marriage last week. But I, but I think it's exactly the way you've described, um, Sam, and that is that there are these elements that we know are, well, that's different from our culture. But at the same time, we can understand the dynamics that are going on that connect with our, with our culture. And he, he does that so unobtrusively. That you hardly realize that it's that it's been done, but every every little piece like that fits into the bigger picture. So I have a question that I, that I'm I'm not really sure of, and I don't know that this even matters. And it may it, the answer might be both. But when Farhadi makes a film like this, who is his audience? Is he making this for an Iranian audience? Is he making this for like a global audience? Commenting yeah, on Iran. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean. I can only assume, given the kind of exposure the films have, I can only assume that he's making it, I would think, as at least as much for an international audience as for an Iranian audience. But obviously, it would be of, I think it would be of great interest for an Iranian audience as well. I mean, I, I think it does a beautiful job of kind of handling both. Uh, but I, I think of this more as... A, a work of art that we as Westerners are meant to um, are meant to uh, absorb and reflect on. So let's if we get into the movie a little bit more, and, and we don't need to walk through every moment of this, but 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 I want to talk about the opening of this movie. So yeah. it, it starts with uh, a courtroom. Uh, we we realize quickly it's a courtroom, although again, like my first sense is not that 
is this actually a court because it doesn't look like the way i think a courtroom looks like it, it looks like i don't i, I could you know it, it took me a second to pick up on that um and it's a divorce proceeding and again my biases kick in to be like well she wants to leave an oppressive culture you know and again my bias is I'm seeing a woman in a in a head yeah. wrap, and I'm like, okay, this is I know who my hero is in this story, um, and I'm and I'm assuming his reasons for not wanting the separation or the divorce are going to be, you know, have to do with kind of the privilege he has as a man in this society. And then you hear the story of his father, and you realize, wait a minute, I've just made a lot of assumptions about this guy, and those are in fact. Almost none of my assumptions are correct. It's a heartbreaking story when he talks about his father, when she says, like, he doesn't even know you're his son. And he says, but I know he's my father and that matters. And you're just like, okay, I it, that was a moment for me to take a step back and say, I need to drop cultural assumptions that I have, cultural biases that I have and and pay attention um, because I... I realize at that moment, it's like, I feel like I'm watching divorce proceedings for what is something which is this close to a happy marriage, potentially. It's like, like they're not upset with each other. It's not like there is a uh, an unresolvable divide between them, but they're kind of stuck. Right. And, and, and she and she's not willing or desiring to lie. She doesn't want to say that he's a bad husband in ways that he's not. I think what's really interesting about, I mean, that exchange between the two of them, that is so important because his statement, you know, but I but I know him. I mean, the film begins by laying down a moral absolute, and that is the, re, the, the responsibility that the child has for the parent. Um, but then, of course, it starts to play with. Well, what's interesting is, but what's at stake in in, in their divorce proceedings what their separation proceedings what's at stake is the parents relate the parents responsibility for the child mm -hmm. so it's interesting that you have the child nader is the child saying i have an absolute responsibility to my dad but then you have them as parents in a sense being divided over what is the responsibility to the daughter and when you think about how the film ends how it comes back look how that responsibility is in a sense abdicated um, the other thing I want to say, the obvious thing, of course, is that uh, we are the judge. Uh, mm -hmm. We sit there and they are speaking to us, which is a very Bergman-esque uh, touch, actually. Bring it. It's almost as though they're breaking the fourth wall, right, because they are actually talking to us. And so uh, that's the other thing I think that he's setting up in this film, which is, okay, how can you as an audience be sympathetic judges, you know, now I'm asking you, I am asking you explicitly to sit in judgment on this case. And I want to know what you think at the end, which makes it really interesting is that's what happens at the end. We we sit there as the judge again, mm -hmm. it, 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 trying to decide what to do for Terma. Well, and I think I mean, my one of my favorite characters in this movie is the the judge who's overseeing the the miscarriage case. Because he is, I, I, even though he's not shot in point of view, I'm actually glad we get to see him because I think that actor is pretty great at just being frustrated and exasperated and really wanting to do his best. Yeah. But it's like that, that is us. That is us at this whole time being like, okay, I get what you're saying and you make sense, but I also get what you're saying. And I also have this concept of justice I'm trying to hold to, but I'm also trying to like, cut you a break too like like it's, there's there's all of these things so so everything he's expressing 
It's like Farhadi's like, I know what you're feeling right now. I'm going to make a character who is going to be expressing your feelings, which I thought was a real was really well done. He's definitely not like a distant figure holding judgment over this situation. He's somebody who's in the thick of it, trying to like, how do I navigate all of this? And it's certainly, you know, it, it's fascinating to watch because I'm like, wow, this this justice system works a lot different from ours. But at the same time, it's trying to do the same thing that our system is trying mm-hmm. to do. And you're right, that that judge is magnificent. I guess he's actually called an interrogator. Um, he's, he's just magnificent the way he captures that balance between I really want to do the right thing and these people are giving me all these conflicting information and how do I find my way through this and you know he could have been really autocratic about it and he doesn't want to do that and he he's flexible but he's firm it's it's really fascinating because i he's the one i have feeling the most most empathy for in some ways because he's got an impossible job and he does the best he can right because everybody else gets to have problems but he has to solve them <laughs> is you know is, is, is his role is different there so um at, at this point i realize you know, that after that that opening scenario was okay well this is I think this is uh, Nader's movie because <laughs> Simon leaves yeah. and that's a heartbreaking scene when she just says goodbye or she just says bye and leaves and you're like uh, I, I and, and we don't know exactly where what leaving means at that moment because you know she has 40 days to leave the country so it's like this could we don't know the, the meaning of that but then my sense is oh is this going to be a movie about kind of this mismatched group of people you have Nader his father Terma Reza, Samaya, and like, is this going to be about this kind of mismatched group of people finding their way through life? Um, we have that foosball scene that sort of feels like that. It's like, oh yeah, like they're all coming together and is like, is this going to be like the station agent or something like that? And then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden you realize, nope, that's not what this movie's going to be. This movie's going to be a lot more harrowing to 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 progress through but i i love that that foosball moment because it 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 sort of shows this this like potential for for the for all these people to have this kind of togetherness before everything gets ripped apart well the foosball moment is 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 particularly magnificent because it's it's this a very important ellipsis right and so you know he's laid the clue you know because because when you when you cut from her crossing traffic to the foosball scene, you're like, oh, you kind of do a whiplash. And then, of course, what you end up doing is, is um, it's it's you know part of kind of the um, uh, the 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 notion of, of 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 continuity editing, right? What you kind of do in your head is you say, oh, the convention of editing. Oh, I see, and you come to a conclusion that, of course, is going to get overturned later later on. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's, it's this glimpse of, oh, this is wonderful. They're all getting along. They're playing foosball. Everything's okay. And that pulls the rug out from under you. So two things, two scenes happen on the first day that 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 Reza is there um, that I, I think are such powerful moments for setting up later things in the film. We see that the, the father wets himself and the crisis that this creates for her, because this is where we get the full extent of what religious devotion and, and, and a kind of, um, uh, uh, absolute fundamentalism to her understanding of sin, right. That, that there is the sense of like, clearly she even knows the compassionate thing is like, I have to help this man, but there are rules. And the fact that so she, when she makes the phone call to whoever she's calling to say, 
here's my situation. This 70 or 80 year old senile man has soiled himself. Like, is it a sin for me to change him and clean him? Um, that That's such a powerful moment because I'm always uh, moved in movies and in life when I encounter people who take their religious practices really seriously to like, like I, I always find that moving. So for her, it's like, yes, I am. I am now in this moment of being torn of like, I, I know what in essence, what my faith calls me to do, but I also know the rules that I'm not supposed to break. Um, and this sets up all, you know, scenes that are going to happen later where she is really strict about that, that kind of devotion. Yeah. But at the same time, she is also, committing a sin by being there because she has not told her husband what she's doing. And so she's actually participating in a lie at the same time that she's trying to be religiously um, obedient. So I think what I, what I like about that, Sam, or what I think is, is, is important about that is, I mean, isn't that how any life of religious devotion is, right? Mm -hmm. you, 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 you do your best to be faithful in, in some areas, but you realize you're falling short in other areas. And I think he captures that, um, that the humanity of our inability to be consistently uh, uh, moral, even though that's our, um, our desire, because she's not there because she wants, she wants to flout her husband's will, or she wants to be deceitful, but she's there because the family needs income and she's doing what she can. So she has already made a moral calculation in doing that. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, for her, that's different. Or another way to think about it is, even though, and this is important as we think about our religious responsibilities, just because I'm making a compromise in this area doesn't mean I'm going to make a compromise in that area. I still am a person of integrity, and I need to do what I do what I do with as much integrity as possible. And there is this, what turns out to feel like a very heartbreaking moment in hindsight. It doesn't feel like it necessarily in the absolute moment is when Samaya turns to her and says, I won't tell dad. Yeah. So there's, the, because what you, what you, what you realize, you think it's this moment of understanding, but what you realize is this is going to be a, a movie about a lot of people avoiding the truth or or out and out lying to protect people, and like kind of the the problem that that creates, or or you know, and sometimes the 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 seeming like grace of of that moment can also create these other problems, right? Right, right, and the generational aspect of that. Yeah, and of course, naturally enough, lying to protect themselves as well, which right. both Nader and Reza do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then that is uh, right next to that is the scene at the gas station, which on second viewing became very meaningful. Yes. Where yes. where he is having her pump the gas, he's having Terma pump the gas, and she says, "You know, people, I feel like people are staring at me." And he's like, "Nope, this is I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you that, that these are things you need to do." And then when he makes her go back and get the change. Um, it's a powerful moment to say something about him, but then you realize much later in the movie when he's talking with um, Simon about um, her being a coward and like, I need to teach my daughter to not just take things when they happen, but like need to stand up, need to do what I think or what she thinks is absolutely right. So we're seeing in both, uh, both of these folks, this, this sense of like, um, Again, some degree of of absolute thinking. It's like like it is wrong for this person to not give you change. You're going to go back and do that, and and um, and you need to stand up for yourself 
in 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 kind of big way so he this that's that's the lessons that he wants to be teaching her and then we see that that be that is his critique of his wife and we see that he has that in himself and that becomes part of his issue in this film well and we see that again with him and terma and uh, when they have that little exchange about uh how certain words are translated into Persian or Farsi. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the teacher is, he tells her, you know, the teacher is wrong. You, 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 you give this answer. This is the right answer. So again, we're, we're grappling with the contradictory nature of, of human beings that we are unable to be consistent. So he wants her to be this strong young girl who, you know, sticks to her guns, et cetera. And at the same time, you know, gives her, encourages her, asks her to lie for him. Um, so, and, and you know, and, and in a sense, wants her to be the very woman that, that that Simon is being by standing up to him, but at the same time, he doesn't want her to do that. So there's all mm-hmm. kinds of contradictions going on in their relationship. And one of the things as we move into day two and day three uh, that you've already pointed out is that uh, Farhadi makes you feel like you've sort of seen everything that's important, but he always takes just a little piece away from it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when you see um, Reza talking with the tutor about the doctor and the pregnancy, mm-hmm. it's like, in hindsight, it's, oh, you know he's in the apartment. That conversation happened, but, like, you don't actually know. He's not in the frame, so you can't, you don't know where is he, what could he hear. Same with, with Reza walking through traffic, um, right? There's There's... And, he, and and then the, the the push that happens, like he does show you that scene, but he shows you that scene from behind Nader. So you, the right. glass door shuts, and you're like, I I when I watch it the second time, I tried to watch her shadow to be like, well, where does it go? Yeah, it's yeah. like you, it's 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 so painful because you can't quite tell. It gets it's like it blurs enough as it, as she goes back to like, well, I, I I don't know, I I'm both a witness, but I'm a bad witness because I can't tell you. Yeah, it's almost like objects or events are hidden in plain sight. Like, mm-hmm. and and you know, we we tend to think you know that the uh, the evidence of our eyes is adequate. But you're right. I found myself you know later in the film as he's saying things, thinking that well, wait a minute, now I I saw that. So is what he's saying accurate or not? Well, I'm not really sure. Even though I was there, I'm really not. I'm really not really sure. Uh, so it's it's great the way as you said he. He shows you things, but he is hiding things at the at the same time. Um, and what's interesting about the movie is, at some level, it feels like parts of these things. It's like if you if people could just sit and talk, they could work this out and these type. But it's like, but it's not the case with this movie. Like 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 there is enough um, complexity to the situations that it's like everybody. To your point, everybody's at fault for things. Um, everybody does transgress in the the rules of their world, so it's like those things keep make it so difficult for people to communicate or to express, um, to express what happens. So you end up getting lies of omission, um, and 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 like clear out and out lying mm-hmm. to protect you mean that you're getting sort of both of those things and the the web that it creates uh builds really quickly but at, at the same time as i think we've also indicated earlier at the same time your sympathies go everywhere yes i mean i i mean i never at any point i mean you know for for a while i thought of a hojot and you know, reese's husband a little bit as kind of the baddie 
But then, then I started to have sympathy for him too. So yeah. it's like every everybody in this film you feel sympathetic towards, but at the same time you feel like, oh, there's some pretty awful things they're doing. But at the same time, I understand why where they're why they're doing them. So to me, that is the that is the very definition of, of empathy. I don't think I, I I can't think of a film that draws more strongly on empathy as a way to experience it. Yeah, yeah, w- widespread empathy, kind yeah, of. Exactly. Now, what's interesting about this is uh, I also thought a lot about this feeling like like a Greek, like a classical Greek tragedy, mm. where you have at its center two characters who, um, in 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 Reza and Nader, who like again have their own versions of that they're kind of trapped in black and white absolute thinking, or what they think is black and white absolute thinking, and it keeps them from solutions so for example like 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 simon actually brokers a solution you know yeah. where she's like okay we could do this and it feels like that like it is we're like we're moving in this direction right for for reza it's her it's her religious piety right like like that the sort of her absolute understanding of that or her attempt at absolute understanding of that and for nader it's this his sense of um I don't justice isn't quite the word I want to it's like it's about being right right like he makes this statement about like um if I'm not responsible then I shouldn't then I should admit nothing right it's like like he it's he has to know that he is resp- and, he, and it's like he's willing to accept responsibility if he actually is responsible but but there's no compromise in there mm-hmm. right so they both have this which makes that the the scene where he's writing the checks so powerful because you because it feels like as a viewer you're like we have made it through we have made it to the point where they have brokered a compromise everybody seems on board maybe everybody's going to be okay and even in that moment he has to just know so he brings that up you know has her come in and like can you will you swear on the quran that i did this mm. and then then that triggers her her kind of flaw well flaw i don't know flaws that are not the right word but her in in the like tragic sense her flaw that it's like i i i must not i cannot do this so it's like we get right to the precipice of a kind of resolution and a kind of compromise and it blows back up again and we're as bad as we were at any point <laughs> and, and and the other thing is going on with nader is okay you know i i guess i can i can understand or I can support the idea that, you know, I'm not going to admit my culpability unless it's really clear I actually caused this. That's great. Um, I mean, I understand taking that position, but he's lying about knowing about the fact that she was pregnant. So, so, so so it's like, you know, even as he's, even as he's going, even as he's taking one step forward morally, if you could say, he's taking another step, a step backwards. And so again, there's never, there's never anything about people's actions in this film which are which is unmixed. Uh, everything is complicated by some shade of duplicity or some shade of culpability or doubt. Well, and it and, and the other thing about it is is, is it's um, it feels like you should say, well, the truth will set you free. But the yeah. fact of the matter is, once you get into this movie, once you get deep enough in telling the truth is like just going to create more problems <laughs> like and th- that's the other thing i think of storytelling in this that's so masterful is like I-, I kept trying to find a solution like if this person would just do this it's like but you know what that that doesn't solve it doesn't solve the problem and that's where i think it is some 
things exterior to this situation, pressures exterior to this situation that make even the telling the truth seem impossible, even if it's not. Right. Which is, which is, which is, I mean, and the film begins with that. How do you, how do you measure his responsibility to his father against their responsibility to their daughter? I mean, and that that's the nature of genuine moral dilemmas, right? They wouldn't be dilemmas if they had a clear-cut answer. There is no clear-cut answer to that. Um, there, there's that 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 is a that is an absolute choice. They can't both stay in Iran together and take care of his father, and leave Iran together and take care of their father. So, so the dilemma is is absolute. I think one of the things that he's trying to get at in the film is. When you have dilemmas that complicated, one, they help to create other dilemmas, and two, they are not easily resolvable. There might be a resolution, but it's not going to be it's not going to be a resolution that satisfies all parties. Now, one of the things you mentioned that um, that I want to talk about as we're we're kind of rounding to the forty minute mark here um, is is you mentioned this being. Terma's movie in certain ways or her story or seen through her eyes and like I said when I watched this a second time that became very very true it also makes me wonder if in a certain way we don't maybe see her enough or definitely don't hear her enough or maybe she's too young but like how much is this all if I think if this is Terma's story is this also Samaya's story but we just don't quite get enough of her because I do think that sort of generational aspect of this is um is really important. Um, we see what, what I find so interesting about Terma is um, how much her actions are centered around. How do I keep people, how do I keep this family together? You know, when she's giving advice, um, one of the, one of the great moments uh, in the movie, she is, um, she's talking to her father and, uh, about having her mother come back and, and, and he says, well, she'll just think I did that because she bailed me out. And her response is let her Mm. like, like, like let her think that like, like there has to. So, so, so where, where they're involved in all these other dramas, she is watching all of this. And it's like, let's not forget the drama of that, that this, that this started with. And, And what is essentially the drama of her life, which is my family is falling apart. My parents are, you know, that, that, that marriage is falling apart. And so much of this movie, even when she's not saying things, she's there. There are so many shots of her where something will happen and will cut away to her watching often watching through door frames, through windows. There's a very, like this apartment has a lot of interior windows in it, you know, and, and that makes her seem trapped in a kind of way too. Like, like she's boxed in by these things around her. And her and but but she has this this sort of goal of like, how can I how can I bring these two, how can I keep these two people from separating? Um, or when the when when Simon comes back and and she's about to leave and she's like, you know, she would she came back to stay. And he says, well, how could you know that? And she said, well, she packed the car. She brought everything she intended to stay. She's also paying attention to all of these things because she's solving some some issues. Like she's the one who says, wait a minute, how did you? know about the doctor if you didn't know about the other thing like like she's also kind of a detective in this story trying to solve things herself in order to keep the family together well it's it, which which means it's, it's very much a coming of age uh film for her in that respect in that 
you know, one of the things that you discover <laughs> as you as you grow as a child is, well, your parents aren't actually the perfect people you thought they were. Mm -hmm. your, your, your parents actually violate some of the principles they've been teaching you. Uh, and she's been she's been put in a position to see she sees the fault on both sides. Right. Because, you know, she she tells her mother, you know, if you hadn't left, dad, dad wouldn't be in jail. Uh, and then he breaks the promise to her that he will ask her uh, her mother to come back. So she, you know, she. So you could also argue that she's the she's the proxy for the audience in that respect, right? Because she's the one that's also discovering all these flaws in these people. That you know, she 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 loves them both, but it's very difficult for her to even figure out well which one is the one I really want to be with because I can see how each one of both of them have contributed to this situation that, that we're in. Well, and speaking to the seeing the imperfections of of your parents as you sort of come of age, you think about the ending of this movie that they basically just punt the decision down to the yeah. next generation. And it's like, how unfair after everything she has been through, how unfair is it to be like, well, you pick. Yeah, like 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 we're gonna put this on you. You know, we couldn't make this work, so now you have to make the heart wrenching decision. You know, and 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 that's again, I feel like sort of this this generational kind of trauma almost of like this this is being passed down to you, which is makes that scene at the end so powerful. It's also very interesting. I love this is a, a, the thing that I love in that last scene when she comes in, and the judge says, you know this decision they've they've left this decision to you have you made your decision and she says yes i've made my decision and he says what is it and she won't say in part because as long as she doesn't say in the same way at the opening nader has this power to be like he needs to also want the divorce as well like you both have to do this it's like what they have ceded to her in a very small way is as long as i don't say who i want to go with you two can't separate i'm actually literally the thing keeping us together because i have not made i have not expressed this decision but the fact that she has a decision is really interesting to me and then the fact that farhadi says i'm not going to tell you <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to give you the resolution to this in part because what do you want that answer to be? <laughs> I mean, you Barrett Fisher, like, like, what do you want that to what do you want her to say at the end there? Well, OK, I'm going to deflect that for just a minute. Sam, I'm not it. asking I'm not actually asking you to answer that. Oh, but, good, good, but good. that's right. the question, right? It's no, like, no, that is the question. It's the lady yeah. of the it's the lady, the lady of the tiger. Um, you know, and it makes me think about two other films we've watched, one which also is open which is la ventura which also asks us to make a decision or tell us maybe that decision isn't important after all and then of course there's the vanishing where we do get closure and in a sense we kind of wish we hadn't um mm -hmm. i think it's i think it's really interesting uh, it, it's an extra textual detail but the fact that the actress is is the director's daughter oh yeah um, you know i think that's isn't it isn't that kind of interesting he puts her in, in that position but i i was going to go back I was going to turn the question back on you and say, do you think it's a cop out not to give an answer? No. Okay. No, Why because, not? because he doesn't, I think it would be if you cut to black there, it's that instead he goes back out into the hallway and mm -hmm. we get to watch those two parents for, I think it's like two and a half, three minutes yeah. just sit there. And you realize 
and they are separated and he even manages to have a glass wall separating them yeah. as they're waiting in that hallway because of because that to me that is the great ending of this movie if it cut to black before she said i would feel like oh that mm-hmm. i don't know like like that just felt like you didn't want to answer here he's intentionally saying like i really want you to understand the agony of this and the agony is those two parents yeah i, I mean i i i think that's um that was such a great i mean it's not a fun ending but that is a it's the perfect way to end that movie, I think. Because because there is because there is no right answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, uh, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer, right? Because no no matter what she chooses, you can say, well, you know, if she chooses her dad and 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 stays, um, well, I, okay. Th- th- then it reminds me of a movie like Sliding Doors, where well, if you take one answer and then you kind of play out what happens next. You get one life. If you take the other answer and play out what happens next, you get another life. And I, I agree with you. I like the fact that we are kind of left there at that that the that the issue is not what she answers. The issue is understanding that an answer is an irrevocable choice to go one way or the other, probably for the rest of her life. And right. yes, yeah, you sit there with the weight that's being put on an eleven year old to say, "You decide your fate," because we can't do it. Right. And and I think because we go out into the hallway with the parents, instead of ending on what choice would you make or what choice do you want her to make? Instead, I sit there thinking, if I was one of those parents in the hallway, what would I be thinking? Yeah. And I would yeah. be thinking, like, what has brought us to this moment? Yeah. And which cl- causes me to reflect on the movie we just saw. But also the movie we just saw isn't the thing that led them to this moment because they started at this moment, right? It started at a, what do we do? Like, like all that stuff happens and we're still in the same spot of these two are going to divorce. And the question is what happens with Terma? So, so it also leads you to, to, to ask questions um, more broadly to say, what is it that is separating these two people? Right. Even this whole Greek tragedy drama that happens in the middle doesn't explain the separation either entirely. Although we see all kinds of things that lead us to, because I said at the beginning, it's like, I, it almost felt like I was watching a happy marriage um, break up. By the time I get to this end of this movie, it's like, I'm not sure that that was that happy of a marriage. Like these, it seems like the, these are people who view the world very differently and maybe could keep making it work. But I I don't know that it, I don't know that it, that it's a, uh, it was, things were necessarily going great before. I think there's another somewhat skeptical, if not cynical view that one could take, and that is that everything that we've been talking about, everything that happened in the middle of the film, all the conflict, all the lies, all the struggles meant nothing, mm-hmm. right? Because we're right, as you said, we're right back where we started, that you can go through all that emotional uh, churn and all those, uh, you know, everything they've experienced together, and it doesn't bring them any closer to a resolution than they were uh, uh, two hours before. Right. And that's maybe the tragedy of Terma's life is that she keeps thinking she can, she can keep them together. She keeps, she keeps trying to like indicate moments where it's like, well, if you do this, she'll come back and we'll be back to where I thought we were when in reality that there is this kind of inevitability to this situation, because that is, that is where we start. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
I, I think it's, I think it's, again, it's a painful ending. And I made myself both times sit, sit through the full three minutes of watching yeah. them the first time. Cause I'm like, I don't think he's going to like all of a sudden say something at the end, but I, mm. but I was like, but I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to wait it out with them. So if yeah. he, if that had been 10 minutes, I would have sat there for 10 minutes and been like, I, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, that was one of the more powerful endings because it made me, it forced me to sit and think. Sometimes when things have an abrupt ending, it's so off-putting that it's like my brain resets and mm. I and I can't remember like, well, what was it I was so it's like instead he gives us time to say, sit here and think about this. Like, like I'm not stopping the movie yet. I want you to sit and think as you're watching these two characters sit and think about something, you know? Well, it's like the ending of Gene Dealman. Exactly. Uh, it's not quite as long, but it's the same. It's the same effect. You sit and watch that. That's a little different because you're watching your character's reaction as well, but you're also thinking about what's going yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I ultimately loved about this movie too is, although it's set in a hyper-specific time, place, culture, there really is this universality to it. Like you could make this movie in other settings. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to tweak certain things because not all of the rules would be the same and systems would be the same, but there is something deeply universal about this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about with this movie? I only want to say that if people are listening to us discuss, and I'm sorry for things we've given away, but if people are thinking, uh, thinking, uh, listening to this and thinking what a grim film, um, I I want to come back. I want to say that I, it's 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 a it's a very engaging film, and Absolutely. and even though it deals with all these really heavy issues, it's not it's not a in my work it's it's in my view it's not a film that you have to work to watch. It's a film that is is not difficult to watch, but it's difficult to think about. So it makes me think of one of my favorite novels, uh, Silence by Shusaku Endo. Mm. I always tell people Silence is very easy to read, but it's hard to think about. And that's the way I feel about this film. The film is pretty easy to watch. I mean, there are moments, there are moments, but by and large, it's a it's an entertaining film, which I don't mean to make it light of it, um, but it certainly presents you with some really serious stuff to think about. Yeah, and I think because he uses um, he uses story genre of like like it really does become a courtroom movie where it's like this person said this and this person said this and you're you are doing the kind of mystery of like well i saw this and this person said like 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 it has some of the structures of movies that are that that are entertaining so so it is weird to call this an entertaining movie but yeah i i found it so um gripping to watch and not not in a um not in a painful way except for the moments i mean by the time you get to the end there's no way to feel at the ending <laughs> anything other than uh, to me it's just sort of a punch of like ooh, and that's why i think he gives us this moment to pause and think at the end i i want to go back to one more thing i talked about this earlier sam but i want to say it i think better than i said it earlier i i i want to go back to the ellipsis i want to go back to um razor crossing traffic and then the cut to the foosball what, what, what I want to say more clearly about that is one of the reasons I think that's genius is be, is because he can conceal what's happened because the audience is buying into certain editing conventions. So I think one of the things that's really interesting about him as a filmmaker is not only how he constructs a narrative, but how he uses and even subverts um, certain expectations because he understands that 
the continuity editing convention is the reason he cut from her in traffic to the foosball game is because she rescued the grandpa and everything's okay, not because she got hit by a car. And I just think that's an incredibly creative and sophisticated way to think about your narrative by actually using an editing convention to create a, a, a narrative misdirection. So that's what I was trying to say earlier. I don't know if I was clear enough. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you you brought that up because even when I was thinking about the film, I didn't think about those two scenes. I mean, those are two scenes that 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 are very memorable in the movie, but I didn't even think about them as connected. And that's, I think, the strength of it to a certain degree because you see grandfather in trouble cut to you see grandfather playing foosball therefore everybody's okay and yeah. what you what you don't pay attention to is that raises not in that room she is in hindsight you realize she's in another room suffering yes. right because she just got hit by a car and is masking that putting up a face so people don't realize it um in particular i'm sure her daughter doesn't realize it mm-hmm. and um yeah and, and 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 he draws your attention so far away from it that that you don't realize Oh, well, where is she in this moment? Why is everybody else in this room, but she's not there? It's one more instance of what you said earlier, Sam, where he shows us, but he's concealing at the same time, but we don't even know that he's concealing. Absolutely. Uh, what do you have for us for next week, Barrett? Well, if you can stand one more domestic drama about marriage, um, it occurred to me that we ought to visit 1979's Kramer versus Kramer. Uh, with uh, Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep. And as I was thinking about this film, I thought, gee, I don't think we've done Meryl Streep. Uh, I don't think. I think anyway, right. I, so, I don't think, yeah. And this is a film, you'll ask me about it next week, but this is a film I have not seen since I saw it in the theater in 1979. So I'm really interested in revisiting it. I am so, I've never seen this movie. I, I mean, I know quite a bit about it just because this is a this is a pretty famous movie this is a a famous child of divorce movie so so uh people my age bring this up who you know who who have parents that divorced as as a movie that uh that that is is meaningful and 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 thoughtful to them um i actually was thinking about this as i was walking in today i thought i wonder if barrett's gonna gonna throw kramer versus kramer as because to me if you ask me for like what's the the major big divorce movie, I would say, well, isn't that the one? So very <laughs> fitting that this is that this is what you would pick. Uh, Barrett, thank you so much for uh, for recommending this film. Um, this is this is really a great one. Uh, again, I there's a degree to which we've said so much of what happens in it, but I think it doesn't take away from the power of how the story is told, which is uh, which is pretty remarkable. Um, so I highly recommend this. Thank you for recommending this. Thank you for having this conversation. That is all the time that we have, but we will be back next week to talk about Kramer versus Kramer in the video store. <laughs> <laughs>